I don't know what your experience is of your father, but today, whatever that's been, we want to tell you there's a father in heaven whose arms are open wide, waiting to receive you. No matter how bad you've been, no matter what you've done, there's forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And today, if you've never embraced Jesus as your Savior, we want to tell you there's a father waiting for you just to acknowledge Jesus as your Savior, receive his forgiveness, and you can go into the arms of a father in heaven who wants to embrace you with all his love and all that he has for you. Thank you, Father God, that your arms are wide open, ready to receive us. Amen. Good to connect with you again today. I'm going to share in a few moments a few verses from Psalm 147 as a church here at New Life. We have been doing daily readings through the month of July, and many of them have been the Psalms. That has been deliberate because our theme has been health matters, and particularly in regards to celebration, rejoicing in the good things that God has done. And Psalms are a great book with many songs about celebrating God and all he's done and who he is. And that's why we've been doing that, because celebration meaningful celebration not just for the sake of it but meaningful celebration is good for us it is good for our health and our well-being so let me read a few verses before making a few comments praise the lord how good to sing praises to our god how delightful and how fitting the lord is rebuilding jerusalem and bringing the exiles back to Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them all by name. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. The Lord supports the humble, but he brings the wicked down into the dust. Sing out your thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to our God with a harp. No, two weeks ago, I spoke about seven reasons to celebrate. Last week, I spoke on five ingredients of healthy church. Today, I want to speak on four actions of God. So we've gone from seven to five to four. And if we keep going in a few weeks, I'll have nothing to say at all. But they're going in the right direction. Psalm 147 is a praise of God, who he is, what he has done. And even though it was written thousands of years ago, our God is immutable. He never changes. He is always the same. So what the psalmist wrote about God is applicable to us today. It says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Our God doesn't change. And the psalmist exhorts us to sing praises to God. He says, how delightful, how fitting. How delightful and how fitting to sing praises to our God. Basically, praising God is good for God, but it's also good for us. It's a joy, 
It's a delight. It's not something that we have to do. It's something that we get to do. But it's a fitting, it's appropriate, and it's delightful. To bless our God also is good for our well-being. The Keel Bible commentary says this of this verse. To sing of our God or to celebrate our God in song is a discharge of duty that reacts healthfully and beneficially upon ourselves. Healthfully and beneficially upon ourselves. I.e., as we sing our praises to God, it is good for us. Praise is more than singing. We know that. But it is great to be able to sing praises to God, no matter how good a voice that you have. And the psalmist thing is on to explain some of the actions of God which cause us to celebrate and sing. The first one, he says, is that he rebuilds. The Lord is rebuilding Jerusalem. In the context of the walls, the city, the temple, he speaks about God rebuilding Jerusalem. And the reality is God used people to rebuild the temple, the walls, and the city. And God still uses people but God gets the glory and the praise because it's him that is guiding and using people. Jerusalem was of particular significance to the people of God in the Old Testament times. It was like their place, it was God's place, his city. It had a focus on God being his central to them and their worship of God. And he rebuilds, he is rebuilding. Historically, first the temple was rebuilt, then the city was built and finally the walls were built after 90 years of Babylonian captivity. The people come back and God used them to rebuild. But in New Testament terms, when we read about Jerusalem, you can apply the fact that we are his people. We are his building. We are his church. We are his, where he dwells in New Testament times. And God is still in the rebuilding business. Our lives were broken and shattered and wasted. But when we invited Jesus Christ to come into our hearts and into our lives, God began to rebuild our broken lives into something significant for him. Maybe you feel broken today. Maybe you have been devastated. Maybe you feel that your life is lying in ruins. You're a broken person. Maybe through not your own fault, through circumstances, just life, but you're broken Today, if you're listening to my voice, I want to encourage you today, no matter how broken you feel, there is a God who's in the rebuilding business. There is a God who can rebuild your life. God is a builder. If we come to the New Testament, Jesus spoke to his disciples at one point. We can read it in Matthew 16 and 18. And he said this, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. It will not overcome it. It will not prevail against it. And in a personal picture, God is building you. When you belong to him as part of the church, God is into rebuilding your life. Out of the ashes, you can rise. And when God is in the building process, hell will not overcome it. Hell will not confound it. We can sometimes self-destruct by walking away from God, but when we place our hands into him, he is in the rebuilding process. And today, if you felt your life is in ruins, 
place your hands back into his hands and he will rebuild your life. You can celebrate that no matter how bad it's been, God can rebuild your life. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 talks about as being God's masterpiece. And the reality is when we place our hands and our lives into him, the master builder can make a masterpiece out of your life and out of my life because he's in the rebuilding of our lives. And part of that rebuilding is that he restores. Verse 2 says he's rebuilding Jerusalem and he's bringing the exiles back to Jerusalem. He's restoring his people back to where they should be. The broad picture, he's bringing people back to himself, back to his city, back to where they should be. But in Earth New Testament times, he's bringing people who've walked away from him. He's bringing back people who once walked with him. He's restoring people from the spiritual captivity back into relationship, into the place where it should be. It's their time to come home. And I trust when we see people coming back to God, it brings out an attitude of the father who celebrates. Not like the big brother who's annoyed at his prodigal, who's wasted his life, but came back to his father and then the big brother was not happy about it. We need a heart like God who celebrates the restoration of people. And I thank God that in our house and in our church, we have an attitude of celebrating that God restores people. Part of his rebuilding is that he restores. He's bringing back not just people, but God restores things back into our life that we have lost. And that will be different for different people. Whatever you have lost in your life today, it could be finance, it could be friendship, it could be ministry, it could be dreams, it could be goals. I want to encourage you today, you can celebrate the fact that God can restore what was lost. The psalmist says in Psalm 23 verse 2, he restores my soul. My emotions are very being within me. It seemed to have died. He restores it to me. David in Psalm 51 verse 12 says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Because I've lost my joy, it's my fault, but you can restore that joy that I once have and he can do it for you as well. Jesus healed a man's in Mark 3, we read that his hand was completely restored. Just think about it. It wasn't just a healing of his hand, but he was then able to do things that maybe once was able to do but couldn't do anymore because he could practically use his hand. But God restored him so that he could start to do things that he couldn't do before. And he could do things that he used to be able to do. It's not just a healing. It's an ability to restore back to ability, an ability to do more than you could before. In Mark 8, 25, Jesus healed someone who was blind. He restored their sight. You know, he can give you vision back that you've lost. He can restore that vision. And Joel 2 says, I will restore the years that the locust has eaten. You may be lost time. He can restore time that you've lost in your life. I love the song we sung some time ago about called Saviour King. And it says, hope which was lost is now renewed. Maybe you've lived without hope for a while. God can restore hope into your life and into your world. Today, celebrate that whatever you've lost, he can restore it back into your life. He repairs 
Point three, he heals the brokenhearted, bandages their wounds. He's in the healing, repairing business, physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically. God heals, and he can heal and repair what's broken. The story of the Good Samaritan is a great story of the heart of God. There was a man battered, bruised, beaten, left for half dead in the side of a road, and two people weren't interested. But then a Good Samaritan, as the story indicates, came along, and it says he felt compassion. You need to know that your hurt and your pain matters to God. And when he sees your brokenness, when he sees the things that are not right, and he sees the hurts and the pains in whatever manner, he feels compassion. He feels it, and he's not just feeling it, he's moved with compassion to do something about it. That Samaritan man, the Bible then says he went over to him. He drew close to him. He soothed his wounds with olive oil. He bandaged them. He used his own resources and took him to a place of comfort and shelter and restoration. He took care of him. Summary, he got alongside him and he began a repairing process in his life. Now, I believe that God heals. He repairs. I believe that God can do it instantly and in many times he does. But I believe there's times when God just takes us in a process of repairing the brokenness, repairing the hurts that are in our life because that's the best for us but we can celebrate that he repairs what is broken. That verse particular says that he heals the broken hearted. Today I know there are some people watching it, and that's where you're at. That's where you're feeling today. You're feeling broken hearted. You feel as if no one knows the pain and the hurt that I'm feeling, and I'm broken hearted. Nobody knows how hard it is. I've not finished speaking, but at this moment I want to pray particularly for those who are in that place where they're just broken hearted. And I'm going to pray that Psalm 30 verse 5 becomes a reality. That you know the truth, that weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing, celebration will come in the morning to you. Father, I pray for all those who are watching right now who are in pain, who are broken hearted, who have been hurt and have not even told them to Nobody knows how hard it's been, but I pray right now that you'll come and you repair these broken hearts and bring a shout of joy. Right now, begin a process where you bring a shout of joy into their lives for your glory and for their good to ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Point four, here are resources. God rebuilds, we celebrate that. God restores, we celebrate that. God repairs, we celebrate that. But God resources, we celebrate that as well. The psalmist gives a picture of God's power. He counts the stars, verse 4 says. I challenge you to try and do that. Astronomers estimate that there are about 100 billion stars in the Milky Way. And alone, alone in the Milky Way. And outside of that, there are millions upon millions of other galaxies also. This is what Simon says, and he has a name for them all. How incredible 
is that? I have two children and I sometimes forget their names. No, I'm just kidding. Even though it's only two. God has a name and remembers the name of billions upon billions of stars. That blows my mind. And the psalmist goes on to say, How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. Or his understanding has no limits. I am incredibly limited in my understanding, my comprehension. I don't understand all about God. But the reality is, I don't really want to worship a God that I know everything about. Like Paul, near the end of his life, says, my desire is that I might know him. I don't know him yet. And you know, I don't know everything about God. But what I do know is incredible. It's amazing. But what I celebrate is not that my limited understanding. I celebrate that his understanding, God's understanding, has no limits. He is supreme in power and wisdom and might and strength. That is truly incredible. And that's the basis for what the psalmist says here. He says about how awesome, how great, how absolute his power is. And then he says that same person supports the humble. Support sustains resources, the humble. He gives what is required and he breaks the wicked's defenses. He puts them down in dust. But for us, celebrate that that supreme, absolute power who got it's got a name for every star, he's there to support and resource, sustain us. He sustained Israel for 40 years in a wilderness every day. He resourced 5,000 plus people with five loaves and two fish. He sustained and resourced Elijah through ravens, through a widow, through angels for many days. And that's just physical food we're talking about in these areas. But whether it's for our spirits, our souls, or our bodies, God resources us. Psalm 23 and 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. I, I am fully resourced. I'm so glad that I have a God who doesn't just support and a whole job. He resources and his support. When we need grace in our life for life, James 4 and 6 says he gives more grace. When I need strength, 2 Corinthians 12 9 says, My strength is made perfect in my weakness. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. When I'm in a dark place, he gives light. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can't extinguish it, John 1 and 5 says. When I need hope, in situations where there's no hope, Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. We sang it earlier. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. When I need peace, he resources me with peace. In the middle of a storm, the disciples saw that working and said, Even the wind and the waves obey him. The one who holds all power in his hand. Even the wind and the waves and when I need peace, he supports and resources me with peace. When we need wisdom, the Bible says, ask God, the generous God will give you what you need, James 1 and 5. 
without criticizing, without complaining. He gives us what we need, and he gives us victory. To Samuel 22, 19, they attacked me at a moment when I was in distress, but the Lord supported me. He resourced me with victory. Lamentations 3 and 23 says, his mercies begin afresh each morning. Every day he resources me with his mercies. Psalm 23 and 8 says, his goodness follows me every day of my life. He resources me with goodness. So to sum up, the four aspects why we should be celebrating. Our God rebuilds. He's rebuilding your life. That's worth celebrating. He restores what was lost in your life. He repairs what's broken in your life. And every day he's resourcing you with all that heaven has is at your disposal, disposal to resource you, for to, to support you, to help you in whatever you need. No wonder the psalmist says, sing out your thanks to the Lord. Celebrate him with a harp. Let me just add, only celebrate with a harp if you can play a harp, okay? Any musical instrument. Don't just go and get any musical instrument. Make sure you can play it because we want his praise to be glorious and excellent. But really, today, I just want to encourage you. There's four actions of God which could cause us to celebrate him. He is rebuilding your life. Let him rebuild you into something great and glorious for him. What have you lost in life? Today, celebrate the fact that God is restoring back into your life. I want to speak that over you, that God is restoring into your life what has been lost. He's repairing the brokenness that you have, the brokenness that no one else feels. God is repairing you and fixing you. And whatever you're needing in your life today, he's resourcing you. He's resourcing you. He's providing for you. Right now, where you are, just say, Lord, thank you for resourcing me. Father, I'm going to pray. Father, I pray for those who don't think they can be rebuilt, that today they'll recognize that you're rebuilding out of the ashes of their life. You're rebuilding something more glorious and beautiful than ever was before. Father, thank you for restoring what was lost. Whatever that area is, Lord, I thank you right now that you can begin a restoring process. Thank you for repairing the brokenness in lives. And Lord, I thank you that you resource us so that we can lack no good thing, that we lack nothing, that we can say with the psalmist, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. And Father, I pray that from all of these areas in our life, we will bring a celebration and sing praises to our God in thanksgiving for who you are and for what you're doing through your son Jesus. Amen.